Who you got to win the NBA Finals? Because I know who I got to win the NBA Finals. But do you know who you got to win? I do not know who I got to win. You know who I would like to win. I'm Lil J Tatum. That's Lil Bro. You know, okay. we want to see him get that chip, get that ring. But, like, I can't definitively say that I know that they are going to win it. That's just me being honest. This is a... You know, uh, evenly, highly contested series that I think is going to go back It ain't about what forth. you know. It's about who you think. I just told you. I don't know who I think is going to win. I think it's going to go tit for tat all the way to game seven. And game seven, you know, that's a toss-up. Anything can happen. I want young Tatum to win. Like, you know, I get like that's the little bro. You know, the Warriors, I'm, I like all of them, but they got a few rings of their own. I want to see little Tatum win one. So, you know, that's that's the little bro. Well, well, me. Who you got since you so you confident know, all that? You, know, you all sticking your chest out you with know, me. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know who I already got, that boy from the Lou. But, yeah, I'm going with the Celtics, man. You know, I love the Warriors and love their style, the way they play. Love yeah, Draymond Green, huh? love all them. But, man, I think, man, it's time for the new school to come on in the door. And I think Jason Tatum is leading the way. And he gonna get him one real early. You rolling with the hometown. We gonna change up what people say about the whole list of the top ten. Now. Presented by Visible. Yo, 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 we live on location. Me and the blackest one. Right here at the crib in Orlando, we coming to you with a special NBA Finals recap edition of the Knuckleheads. We got Verizon. We visible with Verizon way out here in Orlando. We got the towers taking us everywhere, ain't it? Everywhere. Today, we get into the Boston Celtics. Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors. 1-1 one, one in the series. They out in the San Francisco, head to Boston. But the first two games, they 1-1. One one. What you seeing going on out there? I think uh, the Celtics came down there and did what they needed to do. Got them one. I think uh, Golden State got some momentum, and I think they look forward to playing them game three in, in Boston. So I think both teams left from San Francisco feeling a little bit good about themselves. Do you think, because a lot of people say the Celtics kind of lucked up with the game one because mm -hmm. Golden State basically led the whole game. That fourth quarter 14-0 run came and wiped everything out, but – they kind of saying if you take away that fourth quarter, Golden State up seven quarters to one. Yeah, you could say that, but some people get punched in the mouth first and say they won the fight after that. So, yeah, I think the Celtics just came in and handled business. You can't – it's about getting the game. I don't care how the game looked, how it came out. You always get a superstar in the game or somebody that – you didn't think was gonna get a game for you, and that's what championship teams need. There's been a history of it where they're not the superstar players, but they came big and put up big numbers in the finals for a team and got them a win. I'll tell you what's been impressive to me about what the Celtics was able to do going out there. They're they a young team, got no you know NBA finals experience, zero games played on their roster. But they went out there and they took that, you know, I think Eme coached them up and had a great game plan as far as defensively and the way that they came out. I think, you know, especially game one, obviously game two got away from them, but game one, for them to show up and they first taste at the NBA Finals on that stage and they, you know, defensively performed the way they did, that was, yo, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They was out there switching, they brought that physicality and I think 
they caught Golden State. I don't think they were ready for that type of tenacity and physicality they brought. And I, obviously, they got calibrated and came back for game two. But that game one, that defensive approach was extremely impressive. What do you think of that? Man, the whole playoffs for them been up, down, around the corner. Like, how they done pulled off games, the series they've been playing against. From playing from KD to uh, Greek and uh, – then playing Miami, I feel like they've been up and down in series like this, and they they ready for a dog fight. And I feel like them coming into Game One really showed what they just went through through the whole Eastern Conference to come in and get them one. So I feel like they they in a good position, so they they'll be good. I feel like what the Warriors were able to do in Game Two, I was severely impressed with Draymond. I feel like you know his stats. They are what they are, but mm -hmm. he did a lot of things that don't show up in the stat book. I feel like he took the mystique and he took the attitude like, all right, I'm about to be the junkyard dog out here. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to talk my talk. I'm about to let people know, but I'm about to junk this game up and I'm going to impact this game from a physicality point. I'm going to frustrate. You know, he was he was into it with some everybody from mm -hmm. Tatum to Brown. Talking to everybody, to, the whole yeah. Celtic team. Yeah. From the coach Grant all the way down to, and, and, to the player. Yeah, and I think, you know, him doing that, brought the energy of his team, you know, because when somebody, you know how it is, as we former players, if we out there and we in a battle and one-eyed guys start sticking his deck out there, that means all of us got to step up for him. We got to win this game when he running his mouth like that. And I think his energy and the way he played, I mean, he definitely told that line, you know what I'm saying? But, but I, I agree with JVG and those guys were saying on the telecast that if he doesn't play like that, that's how he maximizes himself. That's why Draymond Green is who he is, because he takes it to the edge of the line. Every now and again, he may go over, but he didn't get ejected, no matter what anybody say. He was still available for his team, and he impacted his team with all of that that he brought to the table. And, you know, his numbers don't speak as loudly as what he did. Then defensively, you see how he was going out there, taking that challenge, running up in Jalen Brown or whoever it was, whether it was Tatum or him, I think, that from a leading by example standpoint, as well as obviously vocally, I think he changed the game for them in game two. Yeah, I think he, he set the tone. Like, uh, he showed his team and he showed the Celtics that they are here. And you know what I'm saying? They are doing what they're supposed to do and they want to get a win right away. And uh, I think that that riled up everybody else. I think uh, they've been trying to get Clay involved a whole, whole lot. And I, I feel like they left him in a little bit late because they just want him to see a rhythm and and try to be prepared to go to Boston. I think it's a tricky series. I think both of them are matched up well. Man, they can go either way. I feel like we got a bond burner that's finna go down. And, and I, I just love the matchups. I wanna see how the Celtics respond to Draymond being that way towards them. You know what I'm saying? Or engaging towards them or just, just Draymond didn't even let Jalen Brown touch him. Yeah on defense, like just little petty stuff like this. So I just want to see how they respond. I want to see how how E-May just get their head clear on like, hey, should we engage with him or should we be with the bullshit with him too? I'm trying to figure out what was the biggest difference from game one to game two with Al Horford. The 26 points in game one was like, whoa, that was crazy, but I didn't expect it to go from 26 to two. What did you see out of him that was so different, or did Golden State do something different with him defensively that just took him out of the game like that? They see him. They see him now. I feel like that first game, he had a lot of wide-open threes. A rotation was kind of leaving Al Harbaugh yeah. open, and he, he just hit all his threes. <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? I like a lot of his dives to the basket was clean dives to the basket because he's coming off being open from the three-point line and then diving from the basket in the straight line of being open, he can get them little drop-offs. I feel like game two, it was like, nah, we see you. Yeah. We see you. Nah, the rotation is to him. We rotating to him. We coming all the way around. If, if Al Hoff is the next man, everybody just rotate to him. Don't leave him alone. And I feel like that was really one of the big differences. And when he was diving, you had them guards with them hands all in there swiping and all that. And a lot of turnovers. He, he, he didn't hold on to the ball. He, uh, he didn't take advantage when he did have Steph or a couple of guys in the post, smaller guys in the post. It just got sloppy out there for them, like the turnovers that they was making. And uh, a lot to do with him and Jay Tatum and like all of them, just like careless movements with the ball. And I know they don't try to correct that for game three. Yeah, you heard Eme talking about that after halftime and, you know, obviously after the games, game two, seeing how the turnovers hurt him. But uh, talking about our young boy, Jay Tatum, like game one, struggled shooting the ball, had, had, you know, 13 assists, which was a, you know, a high for anybody coming to their first finals game, which was which was outstanding. That's a step he's taking this year, you know, being a uh, playmaker and facilitator and being able to get other guys open, driving the ball and doing different things. Game two, I felt like, you know, he was into his bag, but the turnovers are still killing them. And I felt like that was the biggest part of his game. Well, that and then settling. It was the turnovers he had, but then settling. I felt like some, you know, even in his confidence and being in his bag, he can get to easier shots when he's got Jordan Poole, Steph, or some of those smaller guys over. Now, he was cooking, so he was able to, you know, hit the step back and make three-point shots over him. But a lot of those two-pointers were tougher than they had to be, in my opinion. What do you think you've seen from young fella he need to get better at? I think game one, me been watching him, I feel like that was one of the best game, if not the best game I ever seen him play. Because for him not to be scoring the way he, he usually score, to get 13 assists and still be engaged mm-hmm. in the game and still be present in the game outside of you shooting bad and y'all win that game. That was like one of the best games I ever seen him play. I thought that was a real chess game type game for him that he needed to have in his career so he can see another side of it. Game two, I felt like he definitely was in his bag. He was ready to go. It definitely wasn't going to be another bad shooting night. But I feel like just the team overall, just with the turnovers, it kind of took a lot away from his rhythm when he was catching the rhythm during the game. And I feel like he needs to know when to take his time. I feel like he's the only player on both teams that can take his time. This is an era where everybody get the ball and they instantly going and mm-hmm. pop, 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 and this, this dribble this and come off screens and chase this. But he's one of them generational players that he can slow it down. Uh, I'm going to get you right here where I want you on this po- this mid post and get a bucket on you. Sometimes he needs to slow it down and see the double team and pass out to the right open man. Sometimes he needs to get in and go ahead and go get into his rhythm and go ahead and get a bucket. And I feel like he needs to start seeing that once he start really seeing rotations and they kind of slow it down and he pay attention to it he'll be all right. I feel like he'll be a key factor. He's the only player to me that can slow down the game, that I can I can get you on the spot and get with you without being on the perimeter and using the screen to do it like everybody else is. I feel like Steph feels like they can't stop him. 
Like just the way he, you know what I'm saying, from looking at game one, game two, you know, game one, he jumped out 21 in the first quarter. You know, next game, he don't he do not do the same thing in the first quarter, but he get going. He turned ultra hot and, you know, go on his own individual run. I feel like they've he's seen everything at this point. I think, you know, Steph, Steph doesn't get enough credit for, you know, how strong he's gotten. Me and you didn't talk about it a bunch of times, how much, like when we went down there to, the holiday KD, we saw him, and he was going in the weight room after the game, and mm-hmm. we was looking at him, and you said, and look how, like, yeah, he got he bigger. <laughs> and so, like, you know, I think he's seen everything, you know, mm-hmm. from the time he's become, you know, this supernova, super-duper star, he's seen all type of defenses. You know, they've thrown everything at him, and I think he's, every year, going home in the offseason and trained and did different things to try and combat that, and I think you're seeing the fruits of those labels, like the man – they had Andrew Wiggins bring the ball up the court half the game to start off because they wanted him to not be pressured up and be doing all that. He coming off, he running, then he'll bring it up and he's shooting from the hash, bro. Yeah. Like when he, like, you know, so they like, he, yeah, Tyson's in the drop, but he had the three. Yeah. He had the three. Like the man yeah. stopped at the hash marking shot. When he's playing like this, and I think he's playing at this level, and I, I don't think it's to prove anything. I think it's he wants to win. He's doing what his yeah. team needs to win. But I think in doing that, he's proving like all of that talk, everything you're saying about him not getting the MVP, like, bro, he's playing with KD. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? KD was going nuts, and KD is, is who he is and do what he do. So, you know, when you got somebody like that going and you want to win, you're doing what you got to do to win a championship. Yeah. You're not thinking about trying to out-compete your teammate for an award when y'all about to win the biggest award. Yeah. What What have you seen from him, you know what I'm saying, in these first two games, and what, what has he got you thinking? Win, lose, or draw, I feel like he got to do what he supposed to do. Whether his team win, whether his team lose or draw, whether his team have a good game, whether they have a bad game, he got to show up every single game. And I think like he knows that. He know the pressure he got to put. He can't stop attacking. He can't stop being aggressive. He got to be aggressive seven games if it goes seven games for them to have any type of chance of winning these NBA finals. And if he don't, if he have a bad game or a slower game, if you have a, a decent game, it's hard for them to beat anybody if you don't know where you're going to get the consistency of it at. Uh, Clay's, this is first year back. Whatever he's giving right now is is a plus on the board to me from what he's been through these last the, two years. The thing for me about Clay is that he's scary. Like, if I'm playing with or against him, just from what he's shown me, like, if I'm, even if I'm a Celtics player or a coach, like, even fan anything, in the back of my mind, I'm dreading any time he make any shot. Yeah, I don't care if he one for 10, one for 15, one for, if he makes a shot, he's one of them dudes that he's got that ability to where he see one go in and it's good night. Yeah. He could just get hot and it get and everything turns. So like, for, yeah. like you say, for me, like you said, this is first year back. Just him being out there as healthy as he is is a plus. Whatever he gives you, you see how he changed when he make a shot, how the crowd go crazy, how the team get hyped, how all of that different stuff happens. So him being there and whatever he gives you, like you said, is going to be a gravy train. How dope was it to see GP the second, you know what I'm saying, get back out there after what he went through with the elbow injury earlier in the Memphis series, and he got the chance to, you know, be out there, and he impacted the game, played well. And when it was, you know, when it was close, obviously he made some contributing plays, and then obviously he balled out. Then it was a blowout, but it was just good to see him, you know, get back out there and return because 
all of the stuff he been through being, you know, six, seven years going through the G League in and out being waived and then finally get on the team and lock in and you get a stupid injury like that from a crazy play. So how was that for you seeing GP, the second little nephew back out there? Oh man, I was happy for GP. Man, he played well. You can tell it was a little jittery first starting off and then his, his first time really touching the rock. He had an open layup. You can tell he, he really won right. But once he, kinda, once he kind of sunk in on defense and started just really hitting bodies and touching and switching and getting involved in the game, man, he gave them a lot of energy with Draymond on that defense when the game was close, when they was fighting early on. And uh, I'm excited to see him in the rest of the series because that's another key piece that they got back that they can throw another body on Tatum or Brown. Yeah, especially with Iguodala not playing. He played game one, not played last night. But then yeah. it was dope, you know, from the standpoint, Unk, GP, big GP in yeah. the, was in the crowd, his mom's, his sister, he had family there. And then, you know, it's out there in the Bay that where GP from, so it was like, that was just dope to see, you know, that whole thing. And GP had the dope shirt on, Unk had a shirt on with, the younger version of himself, the glove being guarded by his son, I thought that was fly. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, it's always, especially like for Unk, man, somebody we admire so much, man, to see his son just out there in the finals. And his daddy up. been in the finals, and he's, he's at the crib, like, man, that's, that's family history right there, yeah. man. They gonna talk about that forever in their family. So and he got to do the interview after the game up on the set with the guys, that was hard. That's yeah. something you ain't gonna never forget right there. No, that's dope. What I want to ask you is, should Draymond have been ejected? Should he have been called for that second technical in the scuff, in the little dust up with Jalen Brown? In my era, no. In this era, yeah. I feel like he, he touched Jalen three times. <laughs> like <laughs> He put his foot on his head. He pushed him in the back. You know what I'm saying? He grabbed his shorts when he got up. He wasn't really trying to do nothing to him or nothing like that. It was just, but you was just being so extra in the in the key moment of the NBA Finals that I felt like he was doing too much, and they they should have probably penalized him for that. But I love his aggression. I love everything about Draymond. I feel like he's the heart of their team. I love he talked to every last one of the Celtics players, the <laughs> coaches. I love the energy that he brought his team. And the feistiness that he brings his team every bit of the way. I love it. Like, as much as I just said about, like, yeah, he did this and that, I love it from him. Listen, I'm with you. I love it. But I'm also with Mark Jackson's of the world when he, you know, you listen to the broadcast and he like, yo, Draymond 100% has to be who he is, but he can't put himself in that position. Like, once you got the one. Yeah. We were sitting there watching it together. I was legit, like you say, in this generation, this era, I was legit nervous. Like, man, yeah, they might throw him out. Like, when you see the go. little push, you yeah. see the little shorts, but I'm like, look, they might give him a second tech. Yeah. I, you, you don't know. Like, but so I'm just saying, like, for me, you know, I was, I talk my, I talk my crap too. So I, I, I ain't got my fair share of text, but like, you, once you get in that position and you on that stage and you've been in a position where, you didn't have that happen where you was unavailable in your team lost. You can't never put yourself in that position again. You still walk the line, you still be who you're gonna be, but once you get that technical, you can't get in no more shove and pushing match. Yeah. Cause like, you gotta think, they might be trying to like, if I'm the Celtics and we playing again in game three yeah. and Draymond getting into it, he get his first technical that early, if I'm one of them players, I'm Grant Williams and Jalen Brown, like I'm a force issue and make us both get a yeah. double tech where you just go. I, I know he can't take it. 
It, it ain't even about whether he could take yeah. it. I'm just gonna force that issue because you know when you do that, the ref gonna automatically award both double tech. Yeah, they, he, can, he, he can't <laughs> take that. Yeah, he gonna he gonna get hot because cause he into it. He he emotionally into it. He loved this stuff so yeah. much that he emotionally he wired that way. He wired that way, and that's what that's what I love about him. He getting his team hype. He getting his team rowdy. I'm talking about he getting his team ready to go. They feel like they can they can run through a brick wall. When you got a player like that just out there, just into it like that, the way he was playing defense out there, the way he was rushing up on guys, I feel like he did a great job. One of the best things I like about this series is like how both teams got the ability to, you know, to go on these streaks, like 14-0 runs, you know, 20-something-0 runs from, from the Warriors. Like, I think this is why I feel like it's going to be like a back-and-forth six, seven-game series for sure because you got – those ebbs and flows where Boston gonna lock in and, and make it tough, you know what I'm saying, for Golden State to score. Then you got Golden State gonna heat up and make how many buckets in a row and try and open the game up. Where do you see that falling in the midst of the whole series playing out? Their runs, I, f I wanna see this adjustment in Boston, you know? Cause it, it's not guaranteed that Boston play as, as great as basketball in Boston. These playoffs, they've been playing on the road and getting big wins on the road and a lot of teams been coming to Boston and getting big wins on them. So I kind of want to see what they're going to try to do with this home court advantage in Boston and Golden State. I just want to continue to see what Steph brings to the table. I want to continue to see what he brings to the table and see if the rest of the team give him anything because that's what it's looking like for them. It's like Steph is getting his regardless of what you're doing. And if Clay and Jordan Poole has Poole showed up though, because game one he was kind of you know not really himself. No, I, I feel like he hits a lot of threes, a lot of big shots, but I still feel like his rhythm is still a little bit off. I seen a lot of turnovers from him. Mm -hmm. Like I seen a lot of turnovers from him. I think he need to to just engage and just slow it down a little bit too. You know, it's looking real fast paced. It's looking so. And I guess it's looking like that because how you see the turnovers. Because everything is on the line, so a turnover mean everything right now. Yeah, Turnover mean everything right now in every possession. So, you know, the turnover's just looking at a little bit extra right now. So just on both teams, just stop turning the ball over. Well, the other thing I like is the chess match between the two coaches. I think, you know, Steve Kerr, obviously, a, you know, championship DNA player, now championship coach, probably going to be, you know, in the Hall of Fame as a coach in the future. But Eme, you know what I'm saying, our former teammate, you know what I'm saying, former player, rookie in this joint as a head coach, yeah. you know, turned this whole thing around, like, from all-star break, got the best record, number yeah. one defense in the league, and just the way that they've been making adjustments, like, you know what I'm saying, Eme coming in with a hell of a game plan for game one, Steve Kerr coming back and making his adjustment. Mm -hmm. Now, what is Eme going to do and what type of move is he going to make for game three? Let me ask you this, what, what adjustments would you make if you was both coaches going into game three against both teams, what adjustment defensively? If I'm Emay, all bets is off. I'm jumping Steph. When he come into, because if you noticed last night, they, the, the Warriors didn't stay in their normal ball movement offense. They kind of went pick and roll. Yeah. I'm taking the ball out of Steph's hand. But if you if you jump Steph, you, you, I gotta you, deal you with wake the, the other the whole. That's cool. Up. That's cool. I, listen, right now. 
through two games, the rest of the engines ain't been killing me like Steph has. Yeah. Number one priority is stop Steph Curry. That's yeah. my number one goal for if I'm Boston. Like I'm a, if somebody else start to destroy me and kill me, we got to deal with that. But like the first hole to plug is him. Mm -hmm. He is what he is the everything. Mm -hmm. He the head of the snake. We got to get the ball out of his hand. If they get start playing that pick and roll, I'm, I'm jumping him. I'm going to blitz him and get the ball out of his hand. Mm -hmm. He got to kick to somebody else. And when we get out of his hand, don't let him get it back. Mm -hmm. Marcus Smart and them dudes is tough and physical, but like he's been, been able to do way more than I thought he was going to be allowed to do through two games. Mm -hmm. If you the Warriors, <laughs> listen, you got to keep running, and you don't want them to – because I, I don't know how Robert Williams is going to be. I don't know if he's going to be available or if he's going to be hurt because if he's not – if he's not available, then you can try and put pressure on the rim more. And then I feel like doing that, that's going to open up their outside shooting. If you get Wiggins driving, if you get Clay and those guys driving to the hole and they don't have Robert Williams down there, it's Al Horford and Williams and other guys, then that puts people in rotation. You got to help. Because Robert yeah. Williams, you know, Time Lord down there, SWAT Patrol, he down yeah. there beating stuff up and you kind of got some leniency like, okay, you know, you guarding the perimeter, you get beat, you know he back there is different. Yeah. When he not back there, it's about to be a layup. Yeah. I think the Celtics defensively, I'm with the whole blitz and stuff. I love how they switch. So I would probably just blitz when it's Robert Williams or when it's Hartford. Mm -hmm. And them be the only two people that, hey, if, if Steph come off on, on y'all and y'all man screening, y'all blitz. So our rotation can be faster and, and stronger. I think that's the only adjustment that I make defensively with them to just to see how that work. The Warriors with Boston, I feel like, uh, they did a great job last game of being physical, hands everywhere, rebounding, everybody coming in, boxing out. I feel like they did a good job of all this. So I, I would say stick to what they did last game. Just be physical, be present there. Like Draymond was the captain of it and, and all the soldiers was behind doing the rest of the work. That's what I say for both teams on defensively getting there. So what do you think about the two six men coming off the bench? You know, uh, White and Poole coming off the bench and, and giving both teams energy. Who you think uh, been giving the most off the bench so far? Who you think's playing the best? Man, I think I think Derek White, since since his addition to the team, is, was, a, was a huge pickup when they got him at whatever point they got him. I, I had liked him previously when he was in San Antonio. And um, I think, you know, as far as this finals go right now, I think between he, he and Jordan Poole, I mean, outside of last night, Jordan Poole had a, had a cool game, 17 points. But Derek White, both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively in both games, I think he he's had the better series thus far in two games. But, I mean, you look at some of the defensive plays he's made on Steph, he was one of the guys that was, you know, not having a double team but guarding them straight up and – getting a block on the ball, getting steals and pressing up on him and just making it, you know, making it tough. Nobody's going to stop or shut down Steph Curry, but if you playing him man up and you're doing that well of a job on him and making it tough and really making him out to work, that's all you can ask for from a coach's standpoint. So I think um, if I had to choose which one's had the better series thus far through two games, I would say Derek White. But, I mean, I think, you know, that, that game last night could be an indicator that, you know, Jordan Poole is like, hey, I'm all right now, I'm, I'm here, I'm in the series. You know, game one was – Maybe he had some some jitters or whatever it may be. Finals big, biggest moment ever. But uh, I think you know he showed that he was he was in the series last night. Boy, hitting half quarters and cashing out. Yeah, uh, I definitely think White both game his presence definitely been there. He's been hitting big shots every time they leave him open for three. He been he been playing tough and hard on defense. 
not only on everybody else, but specifically Steph, even though Steph is killing every game. You know, he's just making it tough for him and making him earn everything he get. Poole, I think Poole might have woke up a little bit last night, but I think uh, going into Boston, man, you're in, you in foreign territory, so we got to see what, what Poole going to bring to the table when he's down there. Yeah, Golden State, like you say, going into the garden, they definitely going to have to hit first and try and silence that Boston crowd and keep them runs to a minimum because you know it's going to get – if they get rocking in there, that's going to you know bring a different type of energy to their team than you know those Celtics crowds – Everybody know what that do. I'm not disrespecting the Bay, but we know what that Boston Garden be like, too. With all eyes on Steph and Tatum, who's going to be the guys that step up and be the other part of the one-two punch for each team in this series? I think Klay Thompson is going to come in Boston. I feel like he's a role guy. He's a role warrior. I think Klay Thompson is going to finally step up in Boston. And I think uh, I think Al Horford is going to have a better game than what he had in game two. I think he's going to be the guy to step up. I'm taking Brown, Jalen Brown. I feel like if Boston is to win, that he has to be the next best guy. If Tatum going to get you 30, he got to get 27, 28, if not 32, for them to have a legit chance to really win. And for the Warriors, I'm a, I'm a – I'm going to the pool. I'm going to surprise you because I, I like pool. I love Clay, but I think Wiggins is their X mm. factor. I think when Wiggins plays well, because I feel like, you know, Clay and Poole are going to get you to somewhere in the teens. I feel like they're going to get you somewhere in the teens. But I feel like if Wiggins comes, like if he's impactful on that defensive side of the ball and he could go get you 17 to 20 points and get some of them offensive rebounds and stuff, like. That's like the gravy train right there, cause you. They, I feel like they rely and depend on Steph, Clay, and Poole. But when you get that Wiggins in there, like that's all right. Now, now that was the you know we wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. I'ma choose Wig. Who you got for Game Three? <sighs> game Three. I mean the way it has been going, like every time, like if Boston lose, they bounce back. So I I look for Boston to possibly win this game, man. I, I think they, you know, they're going to have a sense of urgency returning to their building and they're going to have, you know, a, a crazy fan base behind them to push them. And I think if they, they won't have to do much to get the crowd going. And I think if they get their crowd behind them, that, you know, that could be a lot to deal with. But I mean, you know, the, the Warriors have also been here too. They know what it's like going on a tough road to try and, you know, band together and win. But, um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Boston. I say I I say back and forth the whole way. Hmm. I say back and forth to Game Seven. So Game Seven, anything goes. Yeah, I, I got Boston for Game Three. I feel like Boston really, really wants some payback. I feel like they got punked. They feel like they got punked that game, and I feel like they want some payback. So I feel like they're gonna be really hyped to to win that game, and and I think Golden State gonna make sure they earn it too to win that game. But I, I'm, I'm gonna go with Boston for Game Three. I think we see more technicals. I think it was a lot of chit-chatter going on, a lot of chitty-chitty-bang-bang. Bang. And we know the usual yeah. suspects that was involved in it that's going to be getting, you know, having some smoke in the city. So I think I think we're going to see, you know, a few little dust-ups. So, you know, you see the little exchanges between dead balls, get get off me, get out of my chest, little extension of the arm. I think we're going to see a lot more of that as the series goes on because you get tired of people. You know yeah. how that go.
All right, we want to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune.com